Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight, on Independence Day, we have the Dust Bowl Revival. Perhaps the most aptly named band in music history, the Dust Bowl Revival is everything that their clever name implies. It all started as a small string band focused on playing anachronistic music styles that were popular in the early 20th century pre-bop jazz, swing, jump, blues, gospel, bluegrass, and folk. Founder Zach Lupitan took the show on the road on numerous tours up the West Coast, and as the band's following grew in number, so did the band itself. By 2013, the Dust Bowl revival has evolved into a sort of musical collective where any given show might include eight or more performers rambling along on vocals, guitars, drums, mandolin, kazoo, trombone, trumpet, washboard, clarinet, fiddle, pedal steel guitar, harmonica, banjo, accordion, tambourine, euphonium, tuba, upright bass, and whatever else might be handy. The result is a musical mashup of anything remotely considered to be old-timey that is at once retro and fresh. But most importantly, it is fun. The performers love making this music, and it really shows. With a handful of records under their belt and a new one on the way, their audiences continue to grow and tours are going farther afield. The Dust Bowl revival is making a joyful noise here in the future by taking us back to a time in the past when real musicians gathered around a single microphone to play real music for real people. Welcome to Independence Day, Dust Bowl Revival. Howdy. Hello. Hello. Yeah, man, we've got a lot Thanks of you guys. In the, I'm sorry. We've got a lot of you guys in the studio here, so I'm going to get right down to business and introduce everyone so we know who we're dealing with here. The founder and uh, progenitor of this band, Mr. Zach Lupitan. Say hello, Zach. Hello. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And you play guitar and vocals, harmonica, and give me a little bit of, give me a bleat on that kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> And you can't see it at home, but he's got this, uh, just like the Bob Dylan, Neil Young harmonica holder, he's got his kazoo wedged into that thing. Very uh, very crafty way of going about doing that. And on drums, we have uh, Mr. Josh, excuse me, Josh Heffernan. Say hello, Josh. Hello, Josh. <laughs> very good. I set that up so many times, and I always wait for someone to actually take the bait. And thank you that was horrible. for I taking the bait. No, good work, man. I appreciate that. And on upright bass, we have Josiah Mori. Hey, man. Glad to be here. That's an absolute pleasure having you. I love the bull fiddle. One of my favorite instruments. Fiddle, doghouse, lots of names for that. You should have seen my old bass player in Chicago, man. That guy, he was a big dude, like a lot of bass players are. Mm -hmm. And he took his bull fiddle in his escort four-door with his wife. Somehow he managed to get that around town. Wow, I don't know how he fit uh, something else in there besides yeah. the fiddle. I think she had to ride in the back seat, but it all fit. Yeah, the trunk. Indeed, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Honey, get in the trunk where you belong. Uh, and on, uh, we have, uh, on trombone, we have Ulf Bjorlin. Say hello, Ulf. Hello. <laughs> Very nice. Now double taking the bait. Tell me, tell me a little bit about you, the, the name. That's a that's a little kind of an unusual name. It, yeah, it's uh, Swedish. Are you Swedish by birth? I am. I'm born in Stockholm. Very nice. Feeden. <laughs> I can tell we have a whole room full of comedians. The show's going to be fun. And on trumpet we have Mr. Matt Rubin. Say hello, Matt. Hello. And where are you from, Matt? I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I can tell by looking at you. Yeah, thanks. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and, of course, we would, wouldn't be a band without a, without a lady singer, a chick singer, as we call them in the industry. We have the beautiful Caitlin Doyle. Hello. Ooh, welcome. Nice to have you. <laughs> and last but, of course, not least, on mandolin. And you had some kind of mando banjo thing earlier that I saw. That's a pretty cool instrument. Uh, Mr. Daniel Marks. Say hello, Daniel. Hello. It's a pleasure to have all you guys here. So you guys have got this collective, which is kind of like uh, it's – 
you know, it, it's Zach, you're like the, the main guy, right? You started this like a string band playing up and down the coast. Um, but now it's grown to be this big giant thing with all these people. Um, how did it get from a string band in a car to eight or more people playing? I try to be as irresponsible as possible. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it, once you have brass, I think, involved with uh, what you're writing song-wise song and you bring it in to the studio and then you start seeing the reaction of people in, in crowds and shows and shows can get bigger, it's sort of like a, it's a drug. You can't, yeah. you can't put away the brass, you know? <laughs> and I think that I definitely fell in love with New Orleans um, swing music over the last few years, and um, so I wanted to, I wanted to put that together with bluegrass and, and blues stuff that I've been doing for a while. So, you know, I'm I'm glad everyone has you know stuck around this long. It's been it's been a, an interesting ride. How many you know you're the core like at the start of this whole thing uh, because it's kind of a, co a collective in nature. Like how many members would you say are like the full time members, and how many kind of rotate in and out? Because that's that's a very common thing in jazz. You just have like a pickup band. You know, you kind of go, you drop the charts, count one, two, three, and off you go. You know, it's sort of a you know it's it's a collective in the sense that really there is probably up to about twenty five people who come in um, who know the music and have played with us and have experienced it. Um, I say we'd probably have about maybe 10 who are the, you, the usual group. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sort of the, there's the a, the a squad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not saying the B squad is worse than the A squad. <laughs> That's actually, sometimes I, you know, not, to, not to like insult anyone here, but sometimes it's nice when we bring in new people, you yeah. know, and it, and it kind of, it kind of puts everyone on their toes a little bit right, because right. you get surprised by someone who hasn't played with us in a while and they really kill it. You know? We call that, and then plus you get the, it increases the chances for happy accidents. Exactly. Which is a really, really cool thing. It's, and that's, that's what's so cool about this, this style of music that I, I, I love so much, which you guys are doing. Uh, it's because, you know, it, it's like this mashup. It's all these different things. It's not exclusively one thing. It's, it's, it's retro. But what you're doing with it is very fresh and very new. Like there's, you're blurring the lines between things like bluegrass and things like, because you know, bluegrass was essentially invented by Bill Monroe. So that's a little later, I think, in the canon of stuff, like the repertoire that you would do. Mm -hmm. But just you know, forcing Neil, uh, Neil Armstrong, forcing Louis Armstrong onto that, and forcing, in indeed, you know, taking it to the Apollo program, for example, <laughs> playing in space. Uh, you know, having all these things take place, just blurring those lines and making it one cohesive blend is a really, really cool thing. You know what? What? How did it be? How did it, you incorporate all these different things? Well, I think actually people in the band have introduced me to different things. People I've played with have introduced over the years have introduced it, stuff to me. You know, I I grew up actually down the street from Matt, our trumpet player in Chicago, and my dad is a is a big blues sort of uh, so, yeah. There's a lot supporter. of blues in Chicago. He plays harmonica, and he sort of that stuff was always playing around my house and. He was into big band music. My grandparents are into big band music, and I, it was just always in the background. And it kind of started sinking in, like around you know late high school, early college. Yeah, yeah. And then out here, you know, like Daniel, our mandolin player, has sort of taught me some of these traditional fiddle types tunes. And you know, a lot of times, what I've liked to do recently, especially in this new album, is you take traditional songs that maybe didn't have lyrics or have you know, 15 different versions of the song and then just write completely new lyrics yeah. to the original base of the song. 
So we have, you know, there's songs like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, and Soldier's yeah. Joy, and um, New River Train that they're old, but they can be sort of re nude yeah reinterpreted i think yeah. is the is the technical phrase we like to use in the music business it's very <laughs> you know, we have very rare lots of rules in the music business uh but it's again I, i'm i'm it's such a fresh sound you know it's kind of all over the place but that's not a bad thing you know and i mean so does anyone else chime in here i mean tell me what you know like where you know the horns here like how long you know you said you grew up near him like well, how, how how far along was he when he brought horns in well that's a kind of a weird thing we grew up a few blocks away from each other, but actually never met each other until we moved out here to Los Angeles because we went to different schools and uh, we met out here. He put up a Craigslist ad looking for instruments of all kinds, and I was fresh out of school and looking for gigs. Did you study music and in from, school? I did. I went to USC and uh, studied jazz there. And um, we met at his old office and had a little jam session. And it led to some gigs. That was back when the band was uh, Zach and Josiah, our bass player, and a bunch of people that aren't with us anymore. <laughs> yeah. God rest them. And uh, sort of slowly incorporated everyone else into the band. Um, yeah. Yeah, very nice. And it's... Uh, it, it's so cool. You've got a few albums under the belt. I mean, it's looking, you know, looking up here, you know, your most recent one. You've got a new one coming out very, very soon with the uh, um, Holy Ghost Station. Is that the most recent one? That's an EP? It's sort of a super EP. Super EP. It's EP. EP. <laughs> it's eight songs. It's a turbo EP. It's EP-licious. You know, if you're a Van Halen album, that's like the whole album is eight right. songs. 35 minutes. Um, so, but this new record, tell me a little bit about this new one. You've got a brand new one coming out called Carry Me Home. Do you have a release date already for this? I'm going to hopefully know in the next week or so when it is. There's, okay. there's a couple uh, venues and or other uh, circumstances that I'm yeah. waiting, waiting on. Because yeah, I want to yeah, do, yeah. do it at the right place. So, of course. Well, um, that's the total rigmarole, man, finding yeah. the right venue for your CD release or your record release party. Right. And it's, it's definitely one of those catch-22s where we've played most of the medium-sized good rooms in yeah. this town. But we, I think we're ready for the next step. It's just... Yeah. convincing the other people that we're ready for the next step. Yeah, indeed. So let's dive right into this. I want to give people a little taste of what that's going to be about. The record's called Carry Me Home. The band is the Dust Bowl Revival. The song is Josephine. Let's listen to this on Independence Day. Just 
a big club downtown. And after hours we were dancing to the music don't make no sound. I said, how did you get this way? She said, I'm in between. You know that you Dust Bowl Revival. The show is Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. We come to you every week bringing you the finest music in Los Angeles and far, far beyond that. Uh, as I said, Dust Bowl Revival. They're an L.A.-based collective uh, that plays a very, very cool mishmash of older styles of music. We've got the entire band. We've got, uh, I believe, eight of them here in our studio tonight. Uh, very, very happy to have them. We've got a brand new record coming out. Tell me how this has changed uh, the recording process as the band grew a little bit, Zach. Um, I think we've the, the challenge is always creating or sorry recreating the live energy, but in this sort of uh, high pressure space of a sound proof yeah. room. So you know I think what I've tried to do is have <clears throat> us recording groups. Uh, so you have the string section go together so they can feed off each other. You have the horn section go together so they can feed off each other. The rhythm section, and then you know. We do some of the vocals live, um, which is a sort of sometimes dangerous prospect because you could screw up, you yeah. know, and, and one thing's screwed up and it's kind of all ruined. But sometimes you really can hear when you are doing it live with everybody. It's just... It's just better. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a, certainly a vibe that comes from having, yeah. and that's and it's, again, especially for this style of music because I keep coming back to this about this band. It's very real. You know what you guys do. Like I get the impression you could show up like an old bluegrass band in front of one mic. Yeah. You know, and put the bass closer because it's you know kind of quieter, and put everyone else and have people step up for solos. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's jazzy like that. Well, that's why actually where where jazz and bluegrass I think are are actually very connected. Um, They're both virtuosic styles. As yeah, well. it's about individual sort of expression, improvisation. You know, people who can't solo on every key usually don't last 
long in this band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, the the horns have to adapt to open string keys, which is better for the strings, and we've started playing in more horn-friendly keys. Yeah. So um, it's the give and take, I think, that's that's key. And when it comes to writing for this style of music, um, you know, what did you listen to growing up? That then 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 how did you transform from that to this, or is there a through line? Um, there's a couple of things. I mean, I you know I definitely listened to a lot of blues and and, and early big band Benny Goodman, Artie Shaw kind of stuff with my folks and just but just classic rock, honestly, like is sort of my favorite kind of music for most of my life. So even like when we play a live show, sometimes we're really rocking out. We're just rocking out in a way earlier style. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, so, you know, people who go to our shows sometimes are like, you know, I don't like this kind of music, but I like you guys. Yeah. Which is kind of a fun, I think, yeah. something that's cool. You know? Well, it's, you guys do this with a, a healthy amount of fun. You know, when that, that really plays into... Why else? Why else do it? Well, exactly. Well, but every music is different. You know, I was driving around today and uh, the Smiths came on. You know, nobody listens to the Smiths because it's fun. They <laughs> listen to it for an entirely different reason. I mean, music is, it represents all the entire spectrum of human emotion. But when you've got something like this, you're playing with all these different kind of uh, somewhat unorthodox, I don't say unorthodox, but for modern music that you hear in bars, this is not the kind of stuff you would normally hear. So it's very refreshing and very, very cool. You know, and to that end... Um, you guys have been playing around for a long time, but like, do you see the sound guy like freak out when you roll up and start sh- pulling out washboards and accordions? Every time, or, yeah. every yeah. time. Yeah. I'm gonna let Daniel answer that since he's also a part-time sound guy. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, yes, I do. Um, I see them freak out, but no, I think uh, people are getting used to us now, so uh, they kind of know what to expect, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because so many, you know, so many sound guys. I mean, they're into two guitars, bass, drums. They know what to do with a couple Marshall and, half stacks and, and an SVT. Well, yeah, and you know that uh, I suppose can be frustrating because uh, people, some, a lot of sound guys don't know how to do acoustic in, uh, instruments. Um, so mandolin, it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant struggle right. for me because it's not an electric guitar, and I mean it's similar with the acoustic guitar, but yeah, and you're seeing that more and more nowadays. You know, like I'm looking at your instruments here, like there's no pickup on your mandolin. Uh, well, there is. That Which just, is this hidden. took me a very long. It was a very long process trying to yeah. transfer uh, or or be able to amplify this without any feedback and compete with the, yeah. the drums and you know because this is a much softer setting what we're doing right now. But we are right. very loud on stage. <laughs> yeah, because I mean I'm, I have a mandolin as well, and like I've got I can now that I can see you know they're just saying I can see the little wire there. Like I had that. I have that one, mm-hmm. and I have a magnetic one too because you uh, never know. Like when you get to a certain venue, whether they're going to have any, any idea what to do with that sound or the magnetic sound or just take them both, do what you want, just don't screw it up. That's right. Yeah. You know, we, you put a lot of uh, faith into the sound guy. You just, you, yeah. you kind of have to plug in sometimes and hope that yeah. it sounds good out there. Yeah. And you guys, you know, you guys have a goodly amount of videos like on YouTube and on your website. You know, there were a couple shows where it seems like there were just a couple mics. I mean, I mean, it's a fun way to do it because it makes you be kind of honest as musicians, you know. Sort of easier said than done, honestly. With the with because you can, I think for a couple songs it's fun sometimes to do a totally acoustic. Like we we come out on the dance floor a lot of times yeah, at the yeah. end of shows, but um, I think over a course of a you're doing a couple sets, like you want to be heard and you want to. Yeah. So you're the problem is that when you have a pickup on your acoustic instrument, so you don't have to be straining, so you yeah. can really relax and sort of 
fall into the groove instead of just, like strain to hear yourself the whole time. Says the guy with the electronically amplified instrument. As <laughs> yeah. horn players, we if, we if we don't have mics, we're we're gonna blow our faces off and yeah. uh, be quite tired halfway through the. I set. think the trombone's a little louder than the acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's kind of two camps in this band. There's the string guys, which is like you know front porch laid back bluegrass band and then there's drums and horns which is like you know a Mardi Gras street parade and uh, combining those two things we have to strike a dynamic balance yeah have, would you ever consider doing like a live album just like totally completely live because it seems like the band is custom made for that kind of thing maybe I would love to I maybe I'd second that there's a live track on our, our new album essentially right yeah it's live in a theater, you know, live in an actual spot track. It's. I think it's really. I think it's really, really hard um, to capture um, a live, a whole live set without their. Uh, at least for me, like, there's sort of a, a perfectionism thing where you hear all the little mistakes, you know, that go on, and to have that o- over a whole album like makes me uncomfortable honestly huh? i think like eventually i think we're we'll do it but i think at right now until we have a point where we can literally i think maybe when we go on a tour eventually and we're we're playing every night and we're rehearsing really you know all the time then i think we'll be ready at this point i think i like having the control of the studio where we can kind of elevate the song to its best possible yeah you know sound yeah, well, the studio is a tool. I mean, you're not the Beatles. You're not using it as kind of like the 11th member or whatever number that would be in your band. But it definitely gives you an opportunity to take what you've done and spit polish it. Yeah, well, there's a certain amount of artistry that goes into, you know, the song Josephine that we, you played. Granted, we don't have a piano in the room or we don't usually have a piano, but there was something that needed to happen in that song. And, and Matt luckily plays a little piano and we we added that in the track and it just it just makes it better you know it's like yeah. that's how that song at least for me is supposed to sound whereas sometimes you know live you're like you're playing a version of the song you know right 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 which sometimes can be the best version like there's a song that we do live it's an old 20s uh, standard called shine and we did a live version in this in this little RV and it was my favorite version we've ever played of the song and it was like a smaller group of us but it just really clicked, you know? And I think I think eventually it'd be really fun to see have a set where every song clicks like that, but it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Well and that's just it. I mean, again, you're you're farming this territory where it's all live and happening in real time. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of time till you guys have that ironed out. I mean, I, I loved all the videos I watched on the show or on, on the website. I encourage everyone to go check them out. It's just such a fun experience. And I'll go see a live show, too. We'll talk about your live shows before you guys are out of here. But for now, we've got you guys in here with instruments. How about playing a live tune for us? Okay. All right, what's this going to be, Zach? Uh, I want to do kind of uh, one of our sort of Dixieland um, fun new ones that uh, we started doing. Uh, I actually co-wrote this song with a swing dance partner that, not a partner of mine, but she comes out and she leads some of the swing dancers. Oh, that's cool. And uh, she's she's a fun uh, fun girl, and she uh, we wrote this kind of funny love song about a guy falling in love with a much older woman. It happens. Called uh, Early Bird Special. Thank you. 
Very, very happy to have the Dust Bowl Revival in our studio tonight. And Independence Day, we have a band with um, numerous singers. There's not just some bands that have one lead singer, which is pretty normal. Some bands like the Beatles, they have two who kind of sing and write. But you guys, with the style of music you do, it makes sense to have a female vocalist as well. I agree. Uh, You sing background vocals as well as lead vocals, correct? Yes. This is Caitlin Doyle. Let's play a song that she's featured on. Is that cool with everybody? I would love to do that for you. Thank you. Uh, Welcome again. The Dust Bowl Revival on Independence Day. Riverboat Queen. Here we go. A
The Dust Bowl Revival on Independence Day. That is the track River Boat Queen. Uh, is that a new track? Is that a track that's previously available? Tell me a little about that, Zach. It is uh, one of our favorite songs we've been doing for a while, but it's actually going to finally be on our new record coming out uh, in a couple months. Yeah, it's everybody. On, uh, uh, it's on the new one. So every band's got a that. song like that they've been playing for ages, but somehow just didn't find a home. That's right. All right. Okay, stylistically, you guys are kind of all over the place, which I love. I absolutely love that because you kind of take everything. It's like this mishmash of everything from, you know, like pre-World War II. I'm sorry, what was that? It's sort of the kitchen sink of Americana. Yeah, the kitchen sink of Americana, but it works. You know, it's like it's a mashup world now. So you're taking all these old styles, kind of combining them together, and then compressing them until they glow white hot and it just explodes in this big bang of cool funness. If you insist. I do insist. It's fun. It's so cool to see bands having fun. Can I quote you on that? You certainly can, of course. So how about one more tune? You've got, you've got, this, you've got this great uh, chick singer. That's the, that's the term in the industry. It's true, I'm a chick. Chick singer. Uh, how about another tune with the chick singer? Yeah. This is, uh, this is definitely a song that, probably the first song I ever wrote specifically for uh, anyone. And uh, I've been sort of, one of my favorite things to do now is to write Oh, yeah. Female-oriented lyrics. It's a really, really cool thing to like, because it stretches you as a writer to write for someone else, because you've got a whole different instrument you're writing for instead of your own voice, which is even you've been walking around with your voice for however many years you've been alive. Exactly. And uh, you know who's great about that is Cowboy Junkies, uh, the, the you know, Canadian uh, kind of like heroin rock, real quiet yeah, kind of yeah. band. The singer writes all the lyrics. I mean, he writes from such an amazing female perspective. I've always found that very cool about Cowboy Junkies. But tonight, the Dust Bowl Revival. Yes. All right, so this is uh, What You're Doing to Me. This is off our record, uh, our last record called Holy Ghost Station, which is out on iTunes and all over the place. So uh, here we go. One, a two, a one,
That is the Dust Bowl Revival here on Independence Day. You can learn everything you need to know about them at dustbowlrevival.com. They're also all over the Facebooks and the Twitters as well. Caitlin, uh, what you know? You were singing words that someone else wrote. Are you a writer yourself? Not as much. Not as much? No. So you're kind of an interpreter. I mean, I I do write, but not as often as uh, I guess Zach does. But it's mostly, I mean, I'm, thank you. All right, I write, I write. But I I do enjoy singing someone else's song. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a rich tradition in music is being an interpreter of someone someone else's song. Does he, uh, is he good at writing from a female perspective? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not as desperate as a lot of the songs make me sound like. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're you're interpreting. Yeah. And I also I heard you didn't bring it tonight, but I heard you play the washboard. I do. Is that correct. I do, yeah. Where does is there like a? Can you go to Juilliard to be a washboard or a washboard player? I auditioned. That didn't make it. Yeah. No, it doesn't exist really. No. Um, I guess advice to anyone who wants to play washboard is find one online or at a yard sale. Yeah. And. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos. I was gonna right say now. there's probably YouTube because there's a YouTube video for everything now. Yeah, and I got this video. Um, I ordered this a DVD that has this guy that teaches you how to play the spoons, the bones, and the paper bag. Oh, very cool. And the washboard. Very, so very there's cool. There's a lot out there. I love stuff like that because it's kind of unorthodox. It's mm-hmm. unique. People remember it. Um, but the funny thing is, whenever you pick up something like that, it's always harder than you think. You think you can just pick it up and go wrap it up, wrap it up, and then like, get it. But it's actually not. Tambourine's the same way. Yeah. Like anyone who's never actually played tambourine, that kind of jokes about playing tambourine. But I challenge some jackass no off the street to just pick up a tambourine and keep the thing in time. Yeah. That's why people steal it at shows. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to play this. Yeah. Steal it off the stage and start playing it because it Indeed. seems like a really easy thing. But yeah, yeah. Bad, takes practice. Uh, bad idea, jeans. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So, I mean, you guys have got this incredible ensemble with all these people. What's the most amount of people you've had on stage at any given time? Just the, band, just the band or just well, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, do you have dancing girls too? Is that what you're trying to tell me? We do have dancing girls. Yes. And we also have collaborated with other bands that have joined us on stage. So that was... McCabe's, there was like 25, 24 people or something. But the biggest lineup, I think, for this band, we we played the Levitt Pavilion actually in Pasadena nearby. We had, I think, a good 11 strong. No, we've had more than 11, right? 11. Well, about 11. That's like the miniature band right there. Remember the the Cinema Bar? Yeah. That was well, pretty funny. Yeah, there was like four people in the band. It just seemed exactly. like 35. It's a small venue, the cinema bar. Yeah, the cinema I've played the cinema bar. It is a very small venue. We one time had four horns in the cinema oh, bar. Oh, that's totally cool. Which was really what would, here, now here's another question. What would the dream lineup be? Like, money is no object, and you've got your core eight. Like, what would you know? I kind of see what we've got there, but what would you add on top of that? Um, well, honestly, like... I like I like bringing in the banjo sometimes. We have a, a banjo player that plays with us um, every now and again. He, a lot of people, you know, play in different bands and they come to us when uh, they're around. Uh, I really do love the accordion. Which yeah, has big been a, fan. A really I have a, two. Well, we need an accordion player. Our, yeah. I, we have a there's a woman who plays accordion on a lot of our on our records, and she's very very hard to track down because she's a professor and she's also. Plays in Zydeco bands all over the world. She's the L.A. accordion diva. Yeah, yeah. she's like she has like G. She has like yeah. four, forty accordions. You know. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I'm I'm a, a semi hack at it. I mean, I do it mostly for recording purposes because I love the sound of it. You know, yeah. but I can't. You know, I, I've got a little like a woman's one with only like ten bass buttons, and I've got the big mama with all the the buttons. And it's like I pretty much focus on the right hand. But it's a lot of accordion players who are really into it are very eccentric people because it's a kind of eccentric instrument in our hometown. However, in Chicago, it's a lot more you know prevalent. It's around right. a lot. Polka. 
Yeah, it's where I bought mine. Supposedly, my accordion, I bought it used in Chicago. It's pre-World War II. Supposedly, according to the guy whose grandmother or mother sold it to the store, it was owned by a Polish soldier who was killed in World War II. Wow. So I like to think that I have an accordion with an actual ghost in it. Yeah, that's, that's dark. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Ghost I mean, accordion. B- bad, for, uh, <laughs> bad, for the, bad for the soldier, but cool for me. Uh, so you know, and being haunted by a poker ghost. Once we had a uh, bagpipe came up. Yeah, I think that my girlfriend probably, plays bagpipes. I th- I think that was by far the weirdest. I think you guys could be in one of the band. biggest mistakes. We've <laughs> yeah, it's not. Same, it was the St. Patrick's Day gig, and uh, we we good naturedly thought it could work, and it was a they, horrifying, they play, horrifying. They play mistake. Western uh, in the Western scale, but I think that they're not tuned. It's a mo- to, yeah. Uh, they're pretty much A. Uh-huh. No, it's like I think it's like this it's a was, B flat. This wasn't tuned B, to whatever. It, was, it was in between. It was in the yeah. cracks. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. It's, a, it's a rough, uh, rough instrument to squeeze into. Yeah. And they got to know. They got to know you, what, what what they're doing. You know what yeah. they're doing with the with the band. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at an open mic one time, and I, I have a long-running kind of loathing for open mics because it's where, I mean, it's such a great idea. Like, everybody comes out, and everybody shares, and everybody plays, but you also get a lot of hacky people coming into those yes. things, too. And I was at one in Chicago a few years ago. I was visiting in the wintertime, and, you know, the usual cast of characters gets up, the spoken word guy with the beret and the chick with the, who can play two chords and a nylon string, all these, they're rotating up. But then in comes this guy. He's from South America. I didn't know there's some rich tradition. One of the South American countries has some kind of big Scotland uh, connection. And there's all these bagpipe bands in this South American country. And see, he barely spoke English because I went to talk to him afterwards. I'm like, hey, man, that was the coolest thing because among all those other people, it was really cool to hear bagpipes that time. And he barely spoke English. And I had no idea there was this big connection. And with this, uh, I don't remember if it was Peru or or what it was. Actually, where I got into Dixieland music was in Prague. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I did a film program in college there, and all the all these bands on the Charles Bridge were playing. Yeah. With washboards and 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 sousaphones, and I w- I was stood stand there all day watching these guys, and they were so good. Yeah. And it was just sort of, um, and then I I started. There was this bar in New York called uh, Arthur's Tavern. They had a Monday night band that was supposedly there every Monday for the last fifty eight years. Oh wow. Like Les Grove, Grove Street Stompers, and they were like in their 80s, these guys, and they were just killing it, yeah. you know? And I just like the raw energy of that, yeah. that sort of 20s to 40s yeah, well, it's like, period. Like American country and like alt-country rockish music is very popular in England. So all these all, like all country bands go over there and play. Um, you know, but this Czech thing, I was in Nederland, Colorado on vacation one time, like this hippie community way up in the mountains of Colorado, up, kind of up the hill from Boulder. And my friends we were staying with were like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a Czech blue band, bluegrass band playing at the local tavern tonight. So we all went, and it was like the coolest thing imaginable. These guys barely spoke English, and they were, like you said, they were just ripping the room in half. You know, not, not faking it bluegrass like a lot of people do, like real, legit picking. And it was a really cool we're experience. We're faking for you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> nah, you guys aren't fakers. Anyway, how about another tune? Let's fake it. Yeah, fake it. Show me what this faking's all about. So yeah, let's do uh, one of our one of the sort of bluegrass reimaginings here. Um, this is a uh, song that's also going to be on the new record. Um, yes. Called 
Soldier's Joy. All right, let's roll with this in an Independence Day. is the band Dust Bowl Revival. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day, coming to you, Pam, from the uh, beautiful Pasadena, California. Uh, chilly night here in California, but not nearly as chilly as some of you out there in internet land where it's much, much colder. The frozen tundras of Chicago and the upper Midwest. And God help you, I don't want that weather anymore. 
So uh, we've got this band. They're a collective. They're all over the place. They've got big things coming. They've got a new record coming out pretty soon. You can learn about them at dustbowlrevival.com. Also on the Facebook, facebook.com. I think it's the hyphen dustbowl hyphen revival. Is that how that goes, Zach? Just put it in. Just put it in the search. You can just search it. It's probably the easiest way to do it. And twitter.com slash dustbowlrevival. So speak to me. Because of these instruments, somewhat unorthodox for modern bands, you know, so many kids like grow up emulating, or like they they want to be Metallica, or they want to be Van Halen, or they want to be Radiohead, or whatever. Um, when you're, you know, you, you got into this style, when you're writing for these style with these instruments, um, I mean, you, you're not Zach, you're not a horn player yourself. I have a horn right here. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, but as I'm understanding it, the kazoo is not a transposing instrument. I had a bit of asthma growing up, so yeah. I, uh, I I thought about playing the clarinet for a little while, um, and uh, I was always just a string string person. I, I played violin for about ten years growing up, okay. and uh, electric bass after that for a while, which I yeah. still play here and there. So, but I guess my question is, you know, that you've got horns in the band. When you go to arrange a song, like you come in with a new song, and anybody can again anybody can chime in on this. Like when he brings a new song in. How do you figure out who does what? If you're not, you know, are you charting these parts on horn? No, are we you haven't. coming to him? Is, I'm real quick. Is Zach coming to you and saying, "Well, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Let's try this and try that." Like, how much work like is done beforehand? Or you just kind of show up and do it. Well, we don't have anything charted out on paper uh, in this band, just because we learn the songs by ear pretty much in rehearsals or more often just on gigs. Yeah. Um, so. A lot of the arranging is done by each player. Like, uh, we come up with individual parts. A lot of times, Zach will have a horn line idea in mind, and we learn it from him playing it on his kazoo, and then uh, we harmonize it, and, you know. Yeah. Zach has some great ideas sometimes. Some of them not as good, but most of them (laughs) are really great. And then me and Matt here, we make them greater, and then we'll actually come up with parts, and then just some, some... Parts work better than others, and some just like, wow, that was really good. And then it just kind of stuck, and my harmony stuck, and his stuck, and then we try different things each time. Um, so it kind of grows and evolves. Are like that too, though. Yeah. It takes maybe a year until an arrangement's like fully finished. Okay. You know, uh, it'll just, somebody will do something in the show, mm-hmm. or stop or something, or we'll decide to do something weird and then be like that. So that happens the next time, and then. We'll yeah, it, it sort of it, it, it gels together over. I, I try to. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll record, you know, with, with, you know, just on your phone or something, the guitar part, and I'll sing the horn part, and I'll send it to Ulf, and then he'll kind of go over it a little bit. And then, you know, at a gig, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go over, like, at a, if it's a gig that doesn't, <laughs> it's a little more low pressure, a smaller gig, I'll be like, let's try this. And if, if it feels good, we'll do it at the next bigger gig. Okay. If, and I, give it, I usually give it a couple couple shows. If it really doesn't, feel good it's out of rotation you know yeah if but, you ever hear zach at a, at a show say yeah we've got a new one for you we've so never we're heard gonna it. try something after you yeah we haven't never played it we've never heard it it's not just new for the audience yeah well that's another thing i mean to to do any any kind of jazz usually uh or even bluegrass for that matter like the quality of the musicians is such that you don't have to have a million rehearsals you know like you or have any. Like every style of music is different, but I try to imagine what like a you know a punk band rehearsal like they're just going to play this every tune at you know 110 beats per minute and their rehearsal's over in 35 minutes and they go and drink beer and shoot pool. 
But like with this band, you bring in musicians who are very accomplished, and then you don't have you just diff, that kind of challenge. Really, isn't a problem. I think a lot of the best songs, honestly, for me, are are they're simple songs that that are that are expanded upon the blues structure, right? Yeah. I mean, that song we just played is three chords, right? Yeah. So, yes, we could go over it 50,000 times. It, I think, like, eventually, for me, it's really, the it starts with the bass player. If the bass yeah. player knows what he's doing, we're usually at least got a good heartbeat behind us. And then and the drummer, Josh, is, is good enough where he can really sense... Uh, how it's supposed to be, yeah. You know, um, and I play I on the if I'm great enough. mandolin. Plays on the offbeats, you know. <laughs> so I have a whole beat to figure out. Right. <laughs> you have a half. You have a half. Yeah. You can turn into well, it's a it's a percussion instrument too. You know, like in, in bluegrass. Instrument. You know, like these. You know, you're you're essentially time. comping. Ja- exactly. Ja- it's you know, it's ja- what is beat two ja- and the four ja- one. One, three, one, three, four. Yeah. So I have beats one and three to figure out, you know, what the yeah. chord is. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And Josiah, this bass, man, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, bass is the instrument, it's the glue that holds everything else yep. together. <laughs> it is. Um, and, and, and it's one of the fun things about this, uh, this band. But uh, to me, frankly, Josh and I, really, the drums and the bass in this band hold, hold together. And we... Um, so much of the time we'll be playing through something and we'll give you shoot each other a look or and switch a switch the vibe or something like that and um, I, one of the reasons I love playing with Josh is is that change on stage having that fun and um, to completely kind of shift the song and shift the vibe and because everyone is so great and um, everyone's musicianship level they can catch it and, um, and it, it, it gives new flavors new you know different Different feels, yeah, um, to 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 a lot of to an individuality to each. Agreed. We've been playing long enough and we're good enough that synergy starts happening on stage where Matt and I will sometimes play the same idea at the same time without any discussion ahead. It's just happy accidents that happen all over the place and in harmony. And it's like, wow, that really worked. Let's do that again next time. Just to piggyback on that, I just want to say that we're all really good. (laughs) (laughs) And humble, too. If if we do say so. Josh is, especially Josh, (laughs) is very good. Yeah, and again, it's, it's, it's... you know, endemic to this kind of music where you, it's a living, breathing thing and it shouldn't always be exactly the same. It's fun having it be a little different and it's fun to like try something new and be in an ensemble where you feel comfortable enough where you can try a new part. You know, I mean, do you guys, I mean, you know, he's, Zach's kind of the front man. He brings in most of the tunes, it seems like, but everybody feels pretty free to kind of try different Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I think, I think it's actually best when people do try some different stuff um, because there's only so much I can think about usually, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on a couple of different things going on here. Um, there's another horn player who's not here tonight, uh, Nate, who, who really, I think, brings a lot of really interesting... Um, What's his instrument? He plays sax and clarinet. Okay. Um, I'm a big clarinet uh, fan, uh, but there's a lot of, I think... Um, extra parts that aren't there that I don't hear sometimes that he'll sort of just because, you know, sometimes you have to have that sort of uh, aggressive yeah. sort of like, this is what we're going to try, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, you know, and I, I definitely, I think it's best when we can all try that. And it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't work, but I think 
I think, you know, I like when we can all bring something to the table. Yeah, well, it makes it alive. I keep coming back to that as well. I mean, it'd be, this band, if everything were the same all the time, like any, I mean, any band, I guess, it would be kind of boring. Like, you know, you go, sometimes you go see, like, call them dinosaur acts, like big bands when they've got, like, I remember went to one time, I don't want to dog on Don Henley, but I went to see Don Henley in concert, <laughs> and he had a laminated set list. So the set was exactly the same in every town that he played in, and it was like it's exactly like us. Yeah, yeah. Zach was, hasn't written a set list for us yet in you know five years of playing has. together. No, no, he does. Every, now and, again, every now and again, he just doesn't follow, we don't follow yeah. it after yeah. the first song. But I remember, I remember reading this a story, uh, reading a Herbie Hancock, and he's, he was talking about him playing with Miles, and Miles came to him one time and said, I, "I heard you practicing my stuff. Don't ever do that again." Um, jazz in the moment. I want you to play. I want my stuff to be in the moment. And I kind of feel like sometimes that's whether we like it or not. <laughs> sometimes uh, that's what this band is, is. So much of stuff is in the moment. Is trying it and uh, just seeing where each person can take it. Yeah. Where it can, where it can go. We, we had a producer a guy who did our last album, uh, Holy Ghost Station, who did a really good job on it. But he was definitely a bit freaked out when we didn't have scripted solos. Uh-huh. He goes, "What do you mean? You're so, you're just gonna solo and make it up? Like now? We don't. Have, it's gonna take a while." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it does take a while yeah, because yeah. it's like, I don't know. Like, why should I tell them? You know, sometimes I'll steer them in the right in a certain direction, but like, that's not. That's the whole point. Is like they're coming right. up with something Which that's to, just to bring happening. it full circle. Is why it's so hard right. to uh, to to record um, or." We want to be able to capture the band live in our recordings, and the, but then you go like when I go into the recording studio, uh, and it's you haven't been playing the whole song. It's just like okay, now you have to play this solo <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's like well, you're not really in the moment anymore. It's a little bit harder to uh, to kind of do a canned solo like that. But anyway. <laughs> well, I think I think like in a perfect in a perfect world, everyone would nail every note of every solo live. You know. It's really hard. It's really hard to do that. That's why, again, that's why, like, I think it's, it, it is, like, cap- having the studio opportunity where you can have a little time to think about it. Right. And, and it is hard. I mean, it is, it is hard. Live yeah. playing and studio playing are two different worlds. Yeah. As the trombone player, I right. do things differently live than in the studio. I wouldn't do some of the really loud, obnoxious stuff that I do live in a studio. Well, but it's maybe, such a, maybe today. Trombone but. is such a visual instrument. Yes. You know, you can, it's a prop, you know, whereas exactly. like the piccolo player, you know, the piccolo player can be ripping, but it doesn't really look that impressive. Like you can play the simplest thing and make it look really cool. Exactly. He you has know? an excellent power stance too when he plays. You should <laughs> come to the shows just to see that and the hip thrusting while he's playing the trombone. <laughs> Well, those Swedes, you know, yeah. <laughs> very passionate people, you know, the, the, uh, the, the upper, upper, upper Mediterranean. One thing, though, that one thing, though, that Ulf does very well that I, that I like is that he, over a long period of time, he'll sometimes, he'll have a solo within the solo, right? So he'll remember oh, right, certain right. lines that are, they're not necessarily scripted, but like he knows the m- melodic sort of point A to point B, and he's going to hit that somewhere in the solo which I think definitely makes it more... Um, Cohesive. Co- well, it makes it quicker sometimes in the studio, but it also is something like where it's like, oh, I know that works. Right. You know? where it, and it just feels really good. And the question is, the hard part is always remembering those things that really work, but also keeping it spontaneous. That's what's really Yeah, important. yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about, you've got this, this cruise coming up. That seems like a pretty 
pretty unique experience. Like, how how on earth did you land? It's a Caribbean cruise. Uh, so there's it's called Mountain Song at Sea. Um, it's it's an amazing combination of it. What I guess there's there's a there used to be or there still is a festival called Mountain Song in North Carolina, I believe, um, and they are trying out a cruise from Miami to the Bahamas. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, David Grisman and the Punch Brothers and Del McCurry. Del McCurry. And, um, yeah, and... Bluegrass on a boat. It's like David Grisman, the Punch Brothers, yeah. and Del McCurry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. I just want to... I'm very yeah. excited about this because I had tickets to this in July. Oh, cool. Okay, so I was already going... Uh, this is mandolin player, hello. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, with my dad, so I've been going on this for a long time. So it was—it's uh, been an added bonus that uh, the Dust Bowl has now been selected. You want to take? Well, this? we're not—we're not like honestly like we're—we're we're not able. We weren't going to be on this boat. We're still as a, as a uh, booked artist quite yet. I mean, the, the level of, of artists are pretty high, but but we yeah. were aiming to get to that level. But the whole point is they had a, a contest in December where you said they said we're going to take five bands from around the country uh, that we pick. You send us your videos and your links, and we'll. And Steve Martin's band basically were the judges of it, and so they picked us and a couple of the bands. So what a cool experience! And we we will uh, we will have a full posse going. How many uh, how many people are you taking? I think it's like eight. You are taking eight people. That's yeah. cool. They're, they're going to be a little bit confused by all the brass that's going to be on the... Yeah, it's going to be a boat full of string players and then Ulf and myself. Well, to be fair, I, <laughs> I asked them... all the them, chicks. Yeah. Yeah. I asked them, are we okay to bring brass? Because this is what we yeah, bring yeah. to the table. And they said, sure. Yeah. So. That's very cool. The cruise thing, there's the, there's the Kayamo cruise. I believe it's the one that's kind of like the alt-country twang, mm-hmm. Nashville-type one. Buddy Miller's on that every year. I never even considered going on a cruise until I heard Buddy Miller was going on a cruise to perform and I saw some YouTube videos of him playing with like Richard Thompson and Steve Earle and all these other things and I still haven't uh, it seems like a mall and a boat to me but I haven't, uh, I haven't maybe someday I'll, I'll be convinced to go on a cruise well I think this one's a bluegrass festival on a boat so that's a little better in yeah. a mall it's not that long it's, it's literally like two days yeah like yeah it's, it's, days, it's so. not like a you know a, it's a three hour tour you know, I was gonna, you guys, the boat's going to sink you guys are going to be stranded on, a, on an island with all these string players I'll be all right with that. It's going to be a little bit of heaven and a little bit of hell, I think. <laughs> I just want to... My, my favorite thing is I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch Daniel's face as he watches David Grisman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just want to, like, watch, watch... I just want to watch the reaction. I can see the look in your eyes right now <laughs> <laughs> thinking about seeing David Grisman I'm play. a little excited about it. A lot of people have been excited about this for, for a long time, and I think I'm going to... I think I'm probably be, going to become best friends with uh, David Grisman. <laughs> and, uh, I just... I just I just picture us walking down the boat holding hands. Like, <laughs> Will Steve yeah. Martin be there? <laughs> what, what, if, what if you have a few too many and then when we have our slot, you challenge Chris Teeley and David Grisman to a mandolin off? Man, I think that'd be perfectly okay. <laughs> be worth we get, it. We get to play. <laughs> so funny. We get to play with them. Yeah. Very nice. How about uh, about one last tune before we get our run out of time? You guys have to roll out of here. What's this going to be? What should we do? Uh, Low down blues. How about that? All right. So let's hear this on Independence Day. One, two, I want two. <laughs> I 
is nothing but fun. Dust Bowl Revival, the Dust Bowl Revival, the same, the one, the only here on Independence Day. Very, very happy to have you gentlemen and ladies here today. It was an absolute pleasure. And you guys got a whole pile of gigs coming up that I looked up here. You've got on January 24th, just uh, I think that's uh, very soon here, uh, the Spare Room in Hollywood. You've got that tour, uh, tour, uh, the cruise rather. 
February 1st through 4th, uh, the Mountain Song at Sea cruise. Any of you people on the eastern part of the United States might want to look into that. You can see the great David Grisman, uh, Del McCurry, who Punch, else you say was Punch Brothers. Punch Brothers, Chris Dealey's band, the former guy from Nickel Creek, Southern That's California right. boy from San Diego originally. That guy's smoking on the mandolin. Yeah. Uh, also February 8th, the Great American Music Hall. That's up in uh, San Francisco, Bluegrass and Old Time Music Fest. February 9th, Hop Monk Tavern, Sebastopol, California. Anything with hops in it, you can count me in. And playing at the Mint uh, on the west side of L.A. on the 15th of February, the day after Valentine's Day. So if you haven't got your love and income, see the Dust Bowl Revival play at the Mint. Great room. Such a fun place to play because people actually listen at the Mint. It's incredible. Uh, and lots of other gigs coming out for that. And be actually be on the lookout. They've got this brand new record coming out called Carry Me Home. This will be available very soon, and they're going to have a CD release p- uh, party gig announced on their website. Check out their website, thedustbowlrevival.com, for that. Again, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for being here. It was fantastic. I had a great time having you guys on here. And uh, safe travels. Good luck on the tour. Good luck on the cruise as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So thanks to the Dust Bowl Revival, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and to Valentina Rivera and Hector Lozano from Lancer Radio. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.